I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, welcome to the Autocar Podcast, My Week in Cars. I am here, and Matt Pryor, and with me is Stephen Cropley, as ever. Hello, Steve. Matthew, how are you? Very well, mate. Thank you very much. Thank Good. you very much. Thanks for having me over. We have a letter, Steve. You can write to us, autocar at haymarket.com. David has done that. I'm not sure of his surname. I'm not sure you are oh. either. He says, I expect you receive hundreds of emails asking for advice. Well, yeah, a few, David, but that's that's fine. I'm in the fortunate position of having a place on the second batch of Toyota GR86 cars being released. Uh, my slight dilemma is manual or automatic. My natural instinct is to go manual, but having briefly tried a couple of modern paddle shifters in the past few years, I'm impressed with the control they allow while still holding onto the steering wheel with both hands. I'm not a track day hero, so my main use will be on the road probably 50% when traffic is busy. I know you, Stephen, have an Alpine A110, so I wondered what your opinion would be if offered the choice of manual or automatic. Yeah, well, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I think... (laughs) The thing about manuals is that, I mean, I think we've driven GT86s and we know the manuals are pretty good. Yeah. And... um, I like, I mean, you when we discussed this before we started talking, didn't we? And I like your point, which you probably should make yourself, which, well. is, that, which is that it's good for residuals. I think it probably is. Yeah. And also, you've I, got lots of GT86 experience, so why don't you... Well, I've not driven an auto GT... Uh, sorry, GR. I've not driven an auto GR86, but yeah. certainly in the GT86, the manual was the one to have. But I did read a piece the other day that suggested... Well, it was from America, but it suggested that the Auto GR86 was all right. Yeah. But I just, I don't know. I mean, I think if you're going to have one of the last naturally aspirated front-engine rear-drive limited-slip-diffed coupes, yeah. there is, you might as well go the whole thing and have the manual. Yeah. But it's a good box, and I think, yeah, and I think when you come to get rid of it, if you ever do, then the manual would be the more desirable yeah. of the two, and it's more, and it's probably more fun. Yeah. I think I'd I think I'd go manual. 
I've, I must say, the only thing that we've got here on the strength, on the family strength anymore, is the duster with a manual gearbox. Mm. And every time I get into it, I think, oh, isn't that nice, a manual gearbox? Yeah. So I think maybe we, we're reaching a point where we perhaps should take advantage of our opportunities well, to have manual gearboxes. Is your Mini the... Um, uh, uh, no, it's an eight-speed. Oh, is it? Good. Is it? Yeah, it's a good, good box, isn't it? Yeah. I'm not totally sure that the GR86 Auto is all that, but I don't... I wish I knew more people who tried it. Yeah. But I think you go. I think you've got to have a manual. Safest manual. That car. Yeah, I think that. But thank you, David. Thank you for your kind words. And on with the podcast. Steve, your column starts Saturday at River Simple. Oh, yeah. I've had this opportunity out of the blue, really, for, um, to drive a River Simple Raza, which is a little two-seat hydrogen fuel cell-powered car made in Wales, Landrindod Wales, I can okay. never pronounce it. Yeah. Um, by this company, these excellent people called Hugo and Fiona Spowers. They have a they have a business making, and their idea is to make local cars. So they're trying to produce a car that fits into the community, is refueled locally. You'd never own it. You just you just rent it or or you lease it or something like that. And when it needs refurbing or updating, they just do it. So it's they own the cars and you pay for them. Right. Quite a really interesting car. Anyway, they they there was a an EV rally that went from London to Brighton, and I was able to drive the London to, sorry London to Paris, and I drove the London to Brighton leg. Okay, and it was good, really good. It was, I mean, there's it's there's lots of strange things about the car. In in a way, the packaging is amazing because it's got wheel motors. It's got four motors in the wheels, and therefore oh. all of the a lot of the powertrains exported, mm-hmm. um, or, or you know, outside the body shell is yeah. what I mean. So it's spacious. It's got these brilliantly engineered gullwing doors. Everybody says the, la- the last thing you want to do in a low volume car is engineered <laughs> gullwing engineer doors. They work perfectly. Made oh, carbon really? Fiber. Yeah. Wow. Um, it's carbon fiber. Yeah. Is the whole thing carbon yeah. fiber? I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really clever car. Yeah. And. They're in the process of. They're still in the prototype phase, and these three cars, w- photographs of which are in the magazine, mm-hmm. um, are prototypes. But they're very good prototypes, really good. And it, it zips along. It's got f- funny behaviour because it, the step off is fairly slow because of the output of the hydrogen fuel cell, the the power output. You don't get a kick like you do. You know, in any in the cars we're used to, but as right. soon as you get moving, it actually got pretty good power to weight ratio because eighty horsepower, six hundred and fifty kilograms, something like that. Oh, so plenty to get along with. Oh, it gets going. Yeah. Then, so, does it does it have a small battery that the fuel cell yeah. puts it into, and then it takes it off the battery? Yeah, it also uses supercapacitors, which oh, okay, which uh, store energy for sh- short term for the for the step-off. I mean, I'm not saying that the step-off's a disaster. It's just not as brisk as you'd think with for a car with 120 uh, brake horsepower per tonne. Yeah, yeah. But a uh, good thing. And, and you know, amazingly, uh, they're doing all this by, by crowdfunding, have been, have been doing it for a long time. Right. And they just intend to, to um, create transport that doesn't impinge on the atmosphere, on the... Right. On the you know the 
difficulties of the, of all the other cars. There's, they're a slightly curious looking thing, aren't they? Skinny wheels. Is that Skinny right? wheels. Yeah. It, it, it look. People like it. You know. Mm. You you can't stop without having people engage you in conversation. And yeah, everybody but... smiles at it. It's one of those cars. Mm. Where are where are you getting hydrogen at the moment? Well, they've convinced the local authorities to to set up a hydrogen refueler where they make these things because the, oh, cool. because the local authorities are quite plugged into the hydrogen. You know the the sort of microscopic hydrogen society idea. Yeah, but I think they've got a problem. They they admit to having a problem with getting people to go and live up there, engineers to go and live up there, and so I think they're going to get moved closer to Bristol. Yeah, which is that a- is funny enough. I have been with some engineers, formerly of uh, Norfolk, in the last two days oh, yeah. for the Lotus Electra, and they've set up a Lotus. Now they've got all the money. Have set up a place in Germany near Frankfurt, and yeah. they say it's much easier to employ engineers and poach them from other car companies. Yeah, than, and talk to suppliers than it ever would be if well, one when they're in Norfolk. But yes, you could imagine the same in. I think North it is. It, I mean, I think even Bentley have trouble pulling engineers out of the Midlands to go and work for them, yeah. and they and crew is basically in the Midlands. So yeah, yeah. so yeah, I can imagine that will make a. Yeah, difference. I think it is. It's the next step, but they they're. The thing that's great about them is that they're just doing. They're not mm. boasting. They're not standing on street corners shouting at people for not doing it, seeing it their way. They're just trying to set an example. And, that's cool. You know, and, you know, there were three of these cars. Normally, people who build cars, you know, sort of battle away to make one and it barely works. Well, mm. these three cars were, they sort of zipped along and they did their job and they went to Paris and back, I hear, with yes. absolutely no problem. So the prototypes at the moment. Yeah. Do you know when they would be not prototypes? When they would be a, I think a, a finished thing? They're, they're at, at the point of trying to decide what a production car would be like. So it's probably several years away. Okay. But, um, you know, they're at work on it. I think the next stage is to, is to find the engineers that can really hmm. f- force it along. Yeah. How cool. Yeah, it is good. Tuesday, more hydrogen uh, at BMW's Farnborough HQ. Yeah, it was good. I, um, BMW, it all goes back, I think, to an um, announcement that was made by Oliver Zipser, the, the boss of BMW recently. And he just stood up in some meeting in Germany and said, hydrogen is going to be the next cool thing. And it was c- quite a mouthful because everybody has been, including BMW, has been dedicated to to hybrids and EVs haven't they mm. and and uh, and he was saying he was in 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 effect saying this is going to be important and we're going to dedicate ourselves to it and the, these engineers there were two of them really clever guys very nice people they brought over some prototypes they were IX5s we we had a bit of a talk and then we got in the cars and drove to the Heathrow hydrogen refueling centre and back we mm. mean 30 mile or 30 mile round trip just to experience hydrogen refueling which is as simple as putting a, a tank full of you know five star in your car yeah or indeed four star <laughs> <laughs> and uh and um but what they said was they seemed to suggest that hydrogen bmws were coming mm. and that when they came probably the other half of the other side of 2025 they would be sold at the same price as as the EV equivalent. So 
you know, if you want to buy oh, okay. iX5, you you could either have a EV or a hydrogen one. Yeah. I mean, a, a battery or a hydrogen. But I mean, yeah. It's a, a hydrogen fuel cell, yeah. not a hydrogen production. Yeah, they didn't not, have any not time a hydrogen for, combustion engine. They don't, they don't go they for They had that. no time for that. They just said... The, the issue seems to be that hydrogen burned in piston engines still produces some pollutants. Yeah. NOx, I think, yeah. is the main issue. But for the power you may need for construction equipment, that may not, or agricultural equipment, that may not matter? No, and, um, and that's what JCB... Which is the JCB thing, yeah. ...thinking, and they've got their piston engine down to an extremely small output of NOx anyway. Right. And they, you know, they think that, I, you know, trucks and heavy equipment will have a different advantage, which is they'll be able to be refueled at a at a base and they'll mm-hmm. return to it every night and so on. Yeah. Um, so, but the, the, the other, the, there were two really killer facts, I thought. One was that these blokes were saying... The great thing about hydrogen cars is that they use about 10% of the contentious materials that everybody worries about in EVs. At, you know, no more than 10% and it might be less. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing they said was that um, they don't have to cost more than an EV. So they, uh, you know, it can be done. It seems important. They, they were quite conf- uh, convincing that cars, it wasn't just going to be hydrogen you know sort of huge vehicles it was cars were relevant as well yeah. well i mean i can't think if you are going to put the infrastructure in for other things and your car you you tow a lot or you want to do you have a use case that you just you know you do many miles and you need it to be charged recharged refilled straight away why I mean, if the infrastructure is there why would you not yeah. use it if you needed to i mean battery electric is i'm sure fine for most people but there will be you know the odd use case where it isn't, I guess. Yeah, and you absolutely. just you just well, fill I mean, that niche. You still even fast charging requires you to donate half an hour of your time to mm. yeah to to standing around or yeah. drink your coffee or yeah. all that. I went to Bista Heritage the other day where Paddy Lowe opened a laboratory for a company he's involved in called Zero Fuels, right. and that uses hydrogen to then turn into. Uh, fuel that you can burn, and yeah. he thinks look, he said jet aircraft are are going to use jet fuel for for they're not going to run off of hydrogen. They, must, yeah. they they will use jet fuel, but this way you use hydrogen, and as long as you use green energy, yes, it's theoretically less efficient than you know batteries or this or whatever. But as long as you use, as long as you generate the energy to get the hydrogen out and then get the fuel out, as long as you do that in a green way, actually the convenience. Is more important than the efficiency. Yeah, and that's the that's the. And there's this, of it. isn't there? This uh, there's also the, the the BMW made blokes made this point as well, which I'm sure is relevant to Paddy Lowe's situation. Mm-hmm. The wind blows all night. Hydrogen, uh, you know, electricity gets generated all night, and it's not that useful. So yeah. once we figure out how to store the stuff, then then we'll have plenty, and it'll be yeah. able to be applied to Paddy Lowe's yeah. fuel. Yeah. I think it. I mean, I, every damn week there's something new and interesting that's isn't happening, there? isn't there? Yeah, there is. I'm I'm really interested in lots at the moment. It's yeah. just you know, it's, it's the most interesting time to report yeah. on the 
on the business. Well, you're an engineer, mate. You're a, well, yes, yeah, so I can't like it. I saw some, got yes, it in the blood. And I saw some engineers the other day who are unashamed petrol heads. And I said, do you enjoy developing EVs as much as you enjoy developing ice cars? And one said, yeah, absolutely more, actually. I am really enjoying what we are doing at the moment, which I thought was pretty cool. Good luck. Yeah, yeah good absolutely. luck to him. Uh, right. Should we have a break now or should we quickly, let's quickly touch on this. Excited to hear Volkswagen's big bosses say a vital early task for Audi's new chief, Gernot Dolmer, is to find a new DNA for the mark. Yeah, that was such a mouthful to me. That, that Because um, I've seen Audi as rather marking time. I mean, they marked, they've, they've got some great cars, God mm. knows, and, and, you know, their quality is so good and all the rest of it. But if you think back to the, to the Audi 100 with the first 0.30 aerodynamics and yeah. flush glass and all that stuff. And then the five-cylinder engines, you know, the job they made of those and 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 they revolutionized rallying with the Quattro and they, well, the Quattro system was, mm. you know, I never forget driving the first, my first Audi Quattro, absolutely staggering experience. And they haven't done any of that stuff at all. Oh, and the other thing they had, they were early into aluminium body sales. Oh, they? yeah. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember being able to, two of us could lift an Audi A2 body shell. Really? Yeah. They had one in the, they had one on the press launch. I got a job on the press launch. And I met Richard Bremner and he offered, our contributor now actually, and offered me a job on a website he was starting up. And that's. Is that how you so got that's into how that? I, that's how I, that's how I got onto a four car. With the place I used to work. And anyway, yeah, but on that launch, so I remember it well, they had an A2, did they call it the aluminium space frame at that point? I don't know. But anyway, they had one hanging on chains and you could walk over to it and one person at each end and you could lift it up. I reckon it was eight, oh, I want to say it was 80 kilos, but it was 20 years ago, so it might not be. But anyway, yeah, you could, yes, it was a clever, it was a clever piece of kit. Yeah. And now it seems to me that an Audi is a, is a repmobile, and, yeah. and it's. And I just want them to buck up a bit, you know. And also, they they seem to have these the shifting population of. I mean, it applies to the German companies in general. I think mm. their shifting population of of bosses that that sort of pass through on their way to some other job. And what we need is a few people who 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 sort of love the mark so much that they want to stick with it. I think. Yeah. You, you know, Sir William Lyons didn't take a, you know, decide after three years that he was going to go and make garbage tin lids, did he? <laughs> that is interesting. That it? You do get that churn sometimes in the industry. Yeah. And then, but the but the manufacturers who nail things, you may have somebody at the at the top for a long time. Yeah, um, I think Torsten so. Mularovos at Rolls has been there like 14, He's a great 15 example. years, hasn't he? Yeah. 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 I just think uh, that... That 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 sort of dedication is. I want to hear about that. I feel. I think good companies are led by good people. Mm. Anyway, so Mr. Dolmer, you know what to do. He's got his work cut. <laughs> Excellent. Steve and I are going to take a short break. We will be back with more My Week in Cars just after this. What car would you buy if you could buy any car? What car would you buy if you knew you could save thousands? What car would you buy if you could compare the latest offers from approved dealers? What car would you buy if you could do all of this in one place in just a few simple clicks? And where would you go to buy that car? What car? Car buying made easy. Visit whatcar.com to buy your next new car. 
Hello, welcome back to My Week in Cars uh, with Matt Pryor and Steve Cropley and a letter from Andy Betson who has written to autocar at haymarket.com. Steve, we talked last week about Fiat announcing it was no longer going to sell grey cars because Italy was the country of passion and colour and spirit and Fiat's should be the same thing. Andy says, cars which could slash should drop grey from their lineup, the latest model Mazda MX-5, he suggests. Currently, there is an entire range of whites, greys, blacks, as well as a really gorgeous blue and a stunning red. But none of them are fun colours. They all look very smart, very mature and adult, but the whole ethos of the MX-5 is that it is a happy and fun car. The only fun car in uh, that range was Racing Orange. Andy's put RAC in capitals because it does look a bit RAC, that colour, doesn't it? Which was the 30th anniversary. But I think the range is crying out for more bold and fun colours. You might have a point. Oh, definitely. I think that that orange, when I owned an MX-5, I used to occasionally see the orange and wonder how it got there because it wasn't Mm. in the normal palette. No. And and, uh, I can remember being jealous. Well, I I thought two things. Either this car's been crunched and repainted in a colour that non-standard colour or I've missed out and I think it was a highly appropriate colour so Mm. well done yeah it is a cool colour I think I think Andy may may be exposed to one of those quite often I think he has one (laughs) well well done but yeah good colour really good colour yeah Yeah, really excellent colour can I um, I'm not sure where you're going to go next but can can I just get you to comment I'm I wrote a little bit of nonsense in in um, subscriber extra this week. Well, and it yeah, was about and thank you. you and thank you for doing it, mate. Because I got home last night and I sat down <laughs> at about half eleven. I opened my laptop and there was a note from our production editor saying, "Steve's written subscriber extra this week. If you don't want to." Well, well, I just knew <laughs> I that you were, very much. you'd had to go around the damn world, didn't you? But <clears throat> the, the the reason I just want to interject a little bit is. Because you have driven mm. the Rolls-Royce Spectre mm-hmm. and the Lotus Elettra. Yes. And I want to know very badly, and I put this in the piece of nonsense I wrote, as I say, um, do they embody the mark values of the companies? The Rolls-Royce does, absolutely. Because they said, and they were very clear about this, we wanted to make a Rolls-Royce first and an EV second. And the power delivery is like the V12s you know it's it's as if the V12 has been trying to do this for the past wow 20 years you know it's it's got a real easy gentle tip in as you step off and and it, it accelerates a bit and at some point the, the acceleration starts to tail off because that's fine because you why would you want to do Bentley speeds in a Rolls-Royce yeah but yeah it does it's it's a bit there are speeds and speaking to um the Telegraph and the English about this yesterday. He he didn't like it as much as I did. He thought it, it, there was some float to it. It wasn't sometimes quite controlled enough. I didn't I didn't mind it, but I know what he means. At middling speeds, it is quite loose, but at low speeds, it's great. And if you go, sometimes you go really quite fast on a twisting road. It's unbelievably good. Oh, you can't really? believe how good it is. And it steers as they should. You know, they have that very precise steering that's the same feel and the same weight all the time. Wow. Just feels the same all the time. So yeah, it feels to me like a Rolls, absolutely like a Rolls Royce. Behaves absolutely like one. The Lotus Electra doesn't feel like a Lotus at all. Like in no way at all. You know, if you get in a Porsche Taycan, you go, oh, okay, 
this this may feel like an EV first and a Porsche second, but it still feels very much like a Porsche. Yeah. Audi e-tron GT, probably the same. And the Rolls feels like a Rolls first and an EV second. The Lotus feels like an EV SUV first and a Lotus, maybe not at all. Yeah. Maybe more like a Porsche, maybe more like a BMW, but it could... You, still a good product. Still a good, yeah, still a good car. I I mean, I've it's in the the mag when this pod comes out i've given it a it's an expensive car but it's a, i've given it a sort of a solid four star rating yeah. i think it's a good product it's 5.1 meters long two and a half tons but kind of it's got 48 volt active anti-roll bars so it's very tied down when you want it to be but it just doesn't have the kind of suppleness and looseness that you associate with some lotus products but it's a two and a half ton SUV, so maybe yeah. they can't. And it's developed in Germany. Do you think the there's any hope for cars of that format, with that weight and that size, to ever embody the values of a Lotus? I don't know. Because I, I, I'm thinking unlikely. You see. Well, yeah, I wonder. Well, they got so they're going to follow this up with a this on a, some what do they call it? Electric uh, premium architecture platform, EPA platform. So they've got this Electra, then they've got a lower, sleeker four-door coupe Saloon coming, yeah, Saloon yeah. coupe coming, then a smaller SUV coming. Um, they didn't rule out steel coil springs, whatever, for the for the lower car, but they think they've got to have air springs for the tall one and, and big anti-roll bars. Yeah. They may not have to do that for the lower one. And then only after that does a two-seat car follow that will be built in Norfolk. And won't have batteries under the floor, right? Because that would they, be they, too high. They'll be higher up behind you, aren't they? They'll yeah. be somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. presumably yeah, they'll yeah. be behind and alongside you or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But that's three years away, two, three years yeah. away, I think. So I don't know, mate. I mean, it's still got away the best part of two tons, hasn't it? Yeah. You so think... the Amira has a job to do for a while, doesn't it? It does a bit. Yeah, it does a bit. Interesting. But in terms of interior quality and feel. Is like no other Lotus before it. Smells yeah. a bit. Smells a bit like a Lotus. Does They've it, made it smell it really. the same. Yeah, but oh my goodness, the quality is off the scale. Good. It's really genuinely, you know, it's a good product. It's going to be so interesting to see who buys it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because because yeah. you arrive at a Lotus thinking you're going to get X, and you sounds like you're going to get Y. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it could have, and it bothered me when I first got in it. And I started making my voice notes as I was driving along to write up later. And it bothered me that it didn't feel like a Lotus. Yeah, but yeah. maybe it just can't. And as we've said before, you know, is what is the right car for Lotus? Worst one that people want to buy. Because yeah. it's never made any money, has it really? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So Anyway, sorry to interrupt. No, just, not at all. Not I just all. had to know this because I was writing this stuff and, and uh, I thought, I'm going to ask him. I should have copied you in. <laughs> uh, Thursday... Well, I, now I'm intrigued because I haven't really heard what you make of the ProDrive P25. Oh, what a car that is. Is it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I've, I'm not a, a, a huge fan of the of the um, resto mod idea, you mm-hmm. know, the, particularly the idea of, you know, reefing out a nice ice engine and sticking in electric. Mm. But what they've done with this car is is beautiful they've got hold of an wrx shell which is very nice anyway made it given it a, a, a carbon fiber outer skin so reduced the weight okay they it's, start with a two door shell do they yeah, yeah it's yeah, a two door yeah 
you remember that 300 horsepower WRX that got imported? Quite, I remember a oh, yeah. really memorable one. Not the not twenty-two B. Not twenty-two B. No, but there was a an earlier. Yeah, yeah there okay. was a thing yeah. called the WRX which had two right. doors. Okay, and and but. What they're trying to do, ProDrive is trying to do, is recreate the 22B. 400 made, sorry, 424 made, 400 of them stayed in Japan, 16 came to the UK. Oh, okay. Um, and, you know, much loved and mm. spoken of and all that. What ProDrive, once the auction prices pl- plunged through 300,000 quid, they suddenly thought, hang on a minute, we can do some business here. So yeah. they, they've, they got hold of WRX, in a uh, chassis, you know, monocoque, clad it with uh, carbon fiber panels, mm-hmm. everything but the doors, roof, bonnets, you know, front and rear and all that. Um, got hold of a two and a half liter uh, Subaru engine modern with variable valve timing mm. and a great big Garrett turbocharger, bolted that in there, 400 horsepower, 1200 kilograms. Um, and the, But the central issue is this, is this six-speed sort of race competition dog box, mm-hmm. which you can either get to grips with or you never will. Yeah. <laughs> and they and it was really interesting. I I sort of started off driving this thing, and there's a huge backlash and lots of lots of um, gear whine. And I mm-hmm. thought, God, this is how am I even going to get on terms with this thing? And then we did a bit of driving, and David Lapworth, you know the. Um, extremely clever engineer rally engineer was mm. around for richard burns and colin mcrae and all that he got in the car and drove it like it was a you know with with, with absolutely no problem and the difference was that you just got to conquer this gearbox oh really and the way to conquer it is to is to be pretty damn purposeful all the mm. time so you you're either on or off yeah you if you if you set off in a direction you might as well go fast. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds fantastic i mean there's this the, above four thousand RPMs, redlined at six, it shouts at you, you know. And it, but it, honestly, it's great. We did uh, we did some pictures in a Cotswold uh, chipping door, uh, no, hang on, one of them stowed on the wall, <laughs> and we made a fair bit of noise up and down these little oh, streets, and yeah. people liked it. Oh, really? You know, I thought we might get a bit of uh, you know, finger wag, <laughs> yeah, but it went fine. Excellent. But the, but uh, honestly, the, it it basically it's it's a light car, lovely body shell. Totally glued to the road. One of those cars where you arrive at a corner and just turn the wheel and it does mm. whatever you want. Mm. But the the problematic thing is this gearbox, and you just have to conquer it. And they've all got that gearbox. There's yeah. no other. There's well, no Lapworth has just insisted that it has this dog box because because that's what they had. And it's a paddle. It's a paddle on the yeah. There's the a wheel, single paddle on the wheel. The, right. the, the, so you pull towards you for to change up and press it away and it mm. although it sounds weird it works fine is that like the aerial oh, they put it in the the nomad r i think they did it just had one just had one paddle one side but they yeah. what else the the atom v8 had a sad that certainly pneumatic had a, had a pneumatic box paddles? i think they had two paddles yeah. but it had a pneumatic but is it is it that sort of it is it that is, sort of thing yeah, it's very yeah it sounds like an air rifle going off. Yeah, there isn't. The, you don't get that, but you do. You get the instant change. Mm. It's bloody. I mean, it's great. It's just. Uh, but, I mean, it's a hooligan's car. Is it worth? Just gotta, is it worth the money? No, How much money? Of course are they? not. No, no. <laughs> but but the thing is, they they can sell them. Yeah. And you know the 
by the time David Richards uh, uh, got around to telling us about this project, they were gone. Oh, that's pretty good. Isn't but there's, you know, you and I, we've discussed this, haven't we? Before there's just this, there's this mystical band of usual suspects that yeah. these low volume car manufacturers seem to be able to ring up and yeah, people all people will say yes. Well, just, this brings me a bit to my column, actually, because I drove, uh, as you say, that Porsche nine one two this morning, yeah. which has been. Resto modded by. Um, You've had a few goes in it. I've had you? two go. Yeah, I've, I've had three goes in it now actually because I had a brief go up at Shelsley Walsh a few weeks ago. But I, I tried it for a first drive late last year, and they said it's a prototype. We're still developing it. We'll. So we reviewed it at the time, but it's it's been away, and I had a go in it this morning, and they've made it more supple. It was really angry last year. Really, <laughs> the ride was really harsh. The steering was one point seven turns between locks, <laughs> unassisted. So it was properly. You had to be. Oh, and I thought. Well, if you were like a forearm buster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you were, if your hobby was, if you started, you know, if you if you lived in California at one end of a canyon road, and your favourite coffee stop was the other end, and your Saturday morning hobby was to go and get a cup of coffee with your mates, you'd have a great time. But they've toned it down a bit. It's got two point four turns between locks now. Um, there's a suspension specialist called Tractive, and they've got five stage adjustable dampers in it. You know, you could. And it's Does got this happen because of what you said? No, it's just well, it's just the the guy who developed it wanted it really focused, and then as he's tr- showed it to a lot of people, oh, mostly potential customers, I think really, they've said, yeah, I like it, but it's a bit full on. Yeah. Is there any chance? Yeah. So, um, but if you do want, which brings me to my point, if you really want the focused one, well, who do you want? Yeah. If you do, if you want it really tied down and amazing steering, and there are, yeah, there are that group of people somewhere who will do it. I saw Pininfarina earlier this week and you know they've got the Batista um was that electric hypercar. No, it was at Vista. Oh, right. Yeah, no, I didn't have to, I didn't have to go far Everybody's for that. Everybody's at Vista. I didn't exactly I didn't have to go very far <laughs> for that one. But anyway, they've got a special edition of five they're going that they are announcing at this week's Goodwood Festival of Speed. And they said the last time we had a special edition of five cars, I think what was it, ten? the anniversario whatever anyway they said they'd sold them within 24 hours wow and that so there is a i said how many people are there in this sphere how many people exist who could buy one of these things and they said well we don't really know but we sort of think anybody anybody who's got a wealth of 30 million plus is a potential hypercar owner um and some have got loads and then occasionally you'll have somebody who has none and some people who will not buy an internally combusted one. Rolls-Royce says it has potential customers who would never have bought a Rolls-Royce with a V12, but they will have an electric one. That's very But then, of course, there are other people who presumably will only have engines and won't yeah. consider an electric hypercar. There must, be, so, there must be a bunch of clever sort of um, uh, address gatherers in the background of these companies, yeah. wasn't there? Where, you know, they never say anything to anybody and they're in touch with the royalty and all the rest yeah. of it. And they... They just move in these circles that you and I could never understand. No, when you interviewed Andy Palmer, you did a day, you spent a day with him when he was at Aston Martin. Yeah, and I, there was something in your copy that was about sheer numbers and maths, and you know, if you if you approach X many people, X many will respond, and of those, X many are likely to place an order. Is it was quite there was quite a science behind it. Wasn't yeah, there, there was, at that, there was, at that level. Yeah, yeah. and the. the the other thing that happened that day, I, I just don't remember the figures, but it was 
It was predictable. It was it mm. was forecastable. That, that was a thing. But the other thing is that there was he broke off to have lunch with a group of about fifteen women mm. who'd arrived to buy an Aston Rapide, each one, and they were they'd somehow been gathered from Singapore. These people, mm. and they'd arrived in a clump, and and they were they were going to. Go shopping. It was a. It was amazing. It was and they'd a, each bought a repeat. Well, or they might a large have, proportion of them did. Oh, apparently, wow. they they were all there to consider it, and mm. a load of them did. Wow, amazing, isn't it? Amazing. I mean, it gives you another. We, we think we know about car buyers. We haven't got a no, damn clue. Got a clue have sometimes we? have we? No, <laughs> no. Uh, tell me about Peter Horbury, Steve. Ah, uh, well, sad stuff, isn't it? Mm. Peter Horbury. Great designer, great bloke, everybody's friend. Um, if anything, <clears throat> even better at motivating people and showing them how to how to be great themselves than 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 as a designer. Although he's got, you know, he revolutionised yeah. Volvo and all that. Of... But he, but fantastic leader without being a leader, if you know what I mean. Mm. And and uh, he died. He died. You know, he's in China just doing what he did. And and he died suddenly, and it, and uh, the world of car design was completely upended. You, you know the the thing you can you can feel the loss just because of the the stuff that's gone around in uh, socials and and mm. here and there from his friends. You know, people. Ian Callum has written a, a, a wonderful tribute to him, and you know anyone you talk to. Is, is really cut up about Horbury's mm. departure. So it's very sad. Yeah, yeah. And last thing this week, the last Ford Fiesta has been built. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. there's a there's lots of, lots of uh, sort of slightly false... Um, well, sorry, I shouldn't put it like that. But, but there, there are people saying that, you know, what a, what a sad moment it is. But, but, I mean, the car came out in 1976. It's mm. had a whatever the hell that is. You know, it's a, that's a long line. Well, it's, I can tell you, mate, that's 47 years. <laughs> ah, there you are. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God for your... Your, um, well, it's it's reasonably close to a, a date that I remember <laughs> from my own, yeah, from my passport. So, right. Yeah. Oh well, it, um, and I just found I don't know. I'm not very good at, at um, these sorts of regrets when the thing's done so well. I mean, mm. it was it was Britain's top selling car for more than twenty yeah. years. It's I think I think I read somewhere today that it was um, it was the car of which more have been sold than any other in Britain ever. Oh, really? Cool. So, so it's you know it's 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 had its moment in the sun, and now yeah. we're ready to move on. That's yeah. all. It's a pretty decent. Uh, yeah, it's had a pretty decent run, hasn't it? Yeah, I yeah. think so. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Although we, I mean, as we have, we've had the opportunity to lament the passing of the the small, cheap, really cheap yeah. Ford, haven't we? You know, particularly. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, that that that's an important point. Yeah. But the other one. The the other thing is that you know they'll be around for decades anyway. You, yeah. you know if you want one, yeah, you can get one. You can get one, yeah. And it is you know there is hope that other stuff will get cheaper again at some point. The, yeah. the technology we're using at the moment is quite expensive, but it need not be in future, might it? That's well, I was at an event last night uh, run by Dacia, who were mm. who were um, um, celebrating ten years in this country. And they made an announcement yesterday to chime in with that that the the spring you know the super cheap EV will come to 
the UK. Mm. There's there's apparently a midlife refresh or it's you know a, a load of changes coming to it for 24 and we'll get that car. Oh, cool. And they had one and it looked nice. I thought I mean pretty small, but but none the worse for that, you know. Mm. And um, just had all the just looked like a typical Dacia, so I warmed to it immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and being a Dacia, that will presumably be pretty affordable wouldn't it? yeah they wouldn't say the money i in fact we had a bit of a guessing game about mm. what would you know the the dacha guys were saying well what would satisfy you <laughs> and of course everybody said 15995 yeah, exactly but, but it's going to be something with a two in front of it yeah. i'm sure yeah cool but uh no it looked nice mm. look nice i i i'm keen to have a go in one of them yeah yeah me too look forward to that cool uh thank you stephen uh, thank you for listening. You can find the reviews of the Rolls Spectre and the Lotus Electra. And ooh, when does the when can you write about the Subaru, Steve? Or have you written it about it's, it already? Uh, it's in the mag. That it's over, that's in the mag here. as well now. Oh, so they're all in the mag. They'll all be uh, over at Action Pack Rag. Okay. This yeah, month. big bag this month. Yeah. yeah, and you can find it on newsstands um, or on subscription in print uh, or digitally. Um, print as it has been weekly since 1895 Steve and I will be back this time next week Uh, see you then